everyone. Welcome to the Beauty and Behavior Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Sorensen, mother, grandmother, former teacher, and currently supporting parents who want to understand their children's behavior at a deeper level. This is where we talk about changing our perception and limiting beliefs around behavior to a more conscious approach to understanding ourselves, each other, and our most vulnerable population, our children. I share my self-discovery journey and what I've learned along the way and what I'm currently discovering as I continue evolving on this journey. My hope is that as we become more conscious of how we show up for ourselves, our children, and others, that we'll discover the beauty that lies within us all. So I hope you enjoy today's show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And today I have Morgan Ruff with me. And Morgan is an empowerment coach, and she helps women with emotional freedom. Um, And she also has a podcast. And your podcast is named what, Morgan? It's called Wild Women, Wild Soul. And it is a podcast all about the wilderness of this life that we are all living and how to be brave and find your strength within um, what feels like a kind of a chaotic space sometimes. Awesome. So an empowerment coach, which you help women, uh, and tell me if this is right. You help women with emotional freedom. Is that correct? Yeah. And to me, like emotional freedom for folks who like, maybe like, well, what is that? Um, My, for me, emotional freedom is really about learning how to trust yourself, learning how to really dive into your own intuition and um, being able to be quiet and just hear your own truth and then follow that truth. And I think for so many of us in this world, it's so easy to get distracted from who we really are and what we really want by the bombardment of everything that's out there, you know, the marketing, the social media, the comparison. And I, what I felt this was my experience is like, I kept on wandering further and further away from myself toward what I thought everybody else wanted. And as I got further and further out, I was so unhappy, so miserable, just massive episodes of depression. And the more that I've been kind of peeling back and taking steps back to myself and trusting my intuition, trusting myself, and trusting my own power that I have been able to gain freedom of my own emotions. I'm not reliant on other people to provide joy or other people to make me feel happy. That's something that blooms from deep inside of me. And that's really the, the dream I have for so many women out in this world is to be able to find that space for themselves and kind of grow that own, their own garden, if you will. Oh my gosh. I just love all that stuff you said. And it's funny because before I hit record, we were just kind of going on with this conversation. It was so easy just to start talking about stuff. Cause I think really what we, so much of what we do is similar, but, but yet unique. Yes. Um, and so I'm like, okay, we need to stop and hit record. <laughs> That's so, true. so, um, and I think it's funny too. we'll back up a little bit in how we kind of met, um, And I was, before I hit record, I was saying, it's so funny. I was kind of thinking about this last night. 
um, and how we met in that we've never actually met in person. And I feel like we have, you know, yeah, I feel yeah. like I know you uh, <laughs> and I do, but you know, because I spill my heart and soul to you every, every time I <laughs> send you a message. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you are also a client of mine in, in my program. Um, and so we work together in, you know, building this relationship with, with you and your children. Um, and so you, and I'm so grateful, so grateful for you because you, um, I have learned so much in this process as well. Yeah. Um, and so you are through that for that six month program. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what you've learned in that process? Yeah. And I always feel like, I'm like, well, where do I start? Because so, so much of what I've learned is, um, kind of re understanding and continually unpacking my own childhood and my own, um, experiences as, as a kid. And I think it's so interesting because like, as people involved in personal development as coaches and mentors. I, I like to call myself a soul wilderness guide because the, the ideal oh, coach is, so cool. yeah, but um, wilderness, guide. wilderness guide for your soul to bring it back mm -hmm. to your mind. Um, but, you know, uh, I have a really challenging relationship with my, my children. I think they more than anybody else can completely send me um, into my red zone and trigger me. And, um, you know, and it's something that's like, there's almost a little bit of like, oh God, I should really know how to deal with this. A little bit of embarrassment, like, oh, I'm an emotional freedom person and I'm I'm sitting here and having a moment and like totally losing it on my, my kid. And so I think um, one of the things that has been really beneficial of working with you is just like being able to have a spa safe space to be like very vulnerable and open and like, I just... Like, I know all these tools, I know all these approaches for myself, but like, it, you know, it's not about getting my kids to be different. It's about me learning how to react, but also honoring a lot of the, um, the trauma that I had in childhood and learning how that, um, those experiences are informing the way that I react to my kids and learning new yes. ways of um, breaking the cycle. I think that is, you know, has been such a part of me and a part of our family for so many, so many generations. Right, right. And when you're that close to it, you can't be um, objective. You know, right. you need somebody else to, you know, kind of give you a, a clear um, understanding or, you know, see it in another way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, to re-unpack that it's, yeah, it's kind of like you need to keep hearing some of these things in different ways for in, from different people. And when you do that, you know, I think it just, um, you get it in a deeper way, um, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And different, different perspectives and ways of, of seeing things. Always, always, always. Yeah. Know. So I always oh. say coaches need a coach, therapists need therapists, counsel, you know, we, yeah. we all need each other. There's, I don't know why 
we, you know, get programmed to think we just can do life all by yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or that you have to be an expert, um, like in all areas and an expert to be able to help others too. I think that's another really, sorry, we were talking to before I hit record about how, you know, there seems to be this kind of belief that, you know, when somebody has, is, is, has a strength in one area or it has, it seems like it's all together in one area of their life that we somehow think they have it all together in every area of their life. And it's just, you know, not true for any of us. Yeah. And I think, yeah, so much of the social media phenomenon and, you know, I'm like, I'm on social media and I'm sharing the rosy moments as well, but it's so easy to kind of get that sense of compare and despair in so many ways of being like, well, what is going on with me? Why am I really struggling with this one thing? Or um, why am I struggling so much in parenting? Like, shouldn't I just have it all together? And for me, like so much of my, what I've been working to overcome over the past, you know, five to seven years has been around perfectionism. And I really see perfectionism being such a strong influence in the way that I think about my parenting. So my expectation of myself is like so incredibly high. And when I deploy that very perfectionistic and also dualistic, like there's one right way of doing it and it's this way or that, you know, or no way. that's when I really struggle and get stuck in, um, in my relationship with my kids, because of course my kids are going to be like, ha, you know, nope, go the other way. Like take a look at the other thing. Um, and so I think that that's another really important thing that I've been able to lean into more is like, where am I seeing perfectionism come up? Like I'm, I've always been, I'm, I've started to become more aware with it, like in like my work and professional um, space and those things. But then like, it was very hard for me to let go of some of those perfectionistic tendencies in my parenting, because like, I want nothing more in this world than my kids to grow up happy and well adjusted and not to have trauma and problems. I just want to kind of like my perspective was like, I'm just going to mow the lawn for them. And then they're just going to fall in line like little ducks right behind me. And, uh, and when we have perfectionism with ourselves, we're going to do it with our children unknowingly. So, you know, unconsciously, uh, but that's kind of how that works Um, with us. And I think, you know, you said, that's, you know, our struggles as parents is almost an embarrassment. You know, I think our society is so judgmental um, as far as parenting goes. And it's so very, very personal um, yeah. that it, it, it can be hard to reach out for help um, in that realm um, because you don't, you, you just, and especially when you're a perfectionist because yeah. we want it to look like it's all going well, right? I know I was so in that space when my children were growing up and it was not going all that well. <laughs> um, I have, it was a lot of struggle and that's, you know, how I come to be what, what I do now um, is because of my struggle um, in parenting. But, you know, it was the, just, it'll all be fine as long as it all looks fine on the outside. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but it wasn't. It, it, 
I remember working with a therapist at one point, and this is kind of shortly after I experienced some pretty severe postpartum depression after my second child. And I started working with the therapist. I actually still work with her. She's amazing. Um, But I remember her asking me, like, what would it mean to you to be a pretty good parent? Like not an excellent parent, but a pretty good parent. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and then she was like, or maybe a pretty good worker. And I'm like, well, I'm willing to be a pretty good worker, but I'm always going to be an excellent parent. Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't willing to allow myself to have that permission to kind of ease, take the the pressure off the valve um, in parenting. It was always like, I have to be perfect. I have to really put that pressure on myself to really achieve with the the parenting side. Um, And And I I think our fear really is that, you know, we're going to screw them up. Or like you said, we just, we want them to be happy. We want them not to have all the painful experiences that we had. And, you know, our job is not to make our children happy. You know, our job is to allow them to feel all of their feelings because that's their, their internal guidance system. They need to be guided by those. So when we are taking that away, we're actually doing them a disservice um, rather than a service. And, you know, they're going to have, they're not going to have our problems going to have their own problems, right? Their own journey. And they get to have that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, talk about the lesson from the pandemic for me has been like, wow, like no matter what I do, like to control my little family, like, you know, major pandemics can roll through the entire globe and there's absolutely nothing I can do. And, you know, just learning how to sit with my kids while they are experiencing the grief of not being able to be with their friends. And um, for me as a parent, learning to sit with the discomfort of knowing my boundaries might be different from others. And I have to be very explicit about the way that we're interacting and seeing that, you know, holding the kids back from certain interactions is like making them sad or they're not really understanding. I mean, these are all the lessons that I've gotten to practice over and over and over again um, during this year. Um, And I'm sure, you know, it's interesting to see, oh, well, yep, it's continuing into 2021, the same. We all hope that we're all going, oh, I can't wait for 2021. Like some door is going to close and then we're going to be off to, you know, (laughs) here we go. Yeah. And, you know, there's obviously some more hope opening up when there's um, vaccines coming up, but um, we don't know really what's going to happen. And we never know. Uh, There's an illusion of knowing, but life is uncertain and you just don't know. And so I think that the more that I, over the past, you know, however long (laughs) it's been since last March, um, it seems like forever, doesn't it? I know. It really does. Um, The more I've leaned into uh, just going with the flow, like you don't need to know when you're in the flow, um, the the more I'm able to meet my kids with whatever emotion they might be having. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's really when I am trying to get them to experience something different than where they are and trying to change the reality or get them to kind of 
you know, no, don't look over there, look over here. Um, that's when I've, I've really struggled. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the pandemic, I think that is, you know, so much is coming up for so many people. And I think it's almost collectively like we are shifting our relationships um, and really seeing that in a different way. Um, if we allow ourselves to do that. And I talk about this a lot where I think, you know, 2020 was really kind of a bringing down of a lot of our social structures yeah. and 2021 of rebuilding them in a new paradigm. Hopefully. Yeah. The start of it. It yeah. doesn't just change. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's been so interesting for us as we've navigated the educational system. Talk about a massive social structure that uh, may or may not be functioning for the majority of kids. Uh, but, you know, our journey, of course, being, um, you know, schools shut down. I'm in Washington state. So we were actually the first state to have uh, cases of COVID documented. Um, nearby us. And then, so all, all schools shut down, um, you know, last year. And I, at the same time, was lucky enough to be furloughed from my job, which gave me a chance to take a step back. I was on unemployment and um, just focus in on spending time with my kids and helping them in this transition and doing the remote virtual little bit of remote virtual learning that we were we were doing and I was absolutely shocked and surprised how much I enjoyed just letting go of my professional day-to-day -day. of course furlough is nice because you always know you're gonna I, I had a pretty good idea I was going back and I it was just really a a, a space that we could just kind of like okay what focus in on on the kids mm -hmm. and um you know, it was just so amazing to be able to spend that time with them and just learn from them creative creativity and um, play and have fun. Um, awesome. It was really fun. And then this fall, when we went back, we decided to homeschool. And it's been interesting, the dynamic, because all of a sudden, now that I'm like more officially homeschooling, the old structure of like, okay, that means you have to sit and do math and you have to sit and do language arts and you have to, you know, really starts to play in. And um, I've had to really wrestle with that internal like battle of what it means to um, mentor the kids and guide the kids in very different ways that don't necessarily reflect some of the structures that we've had. In yeah. Place. Yeah. That's so interesting. You know, I was, battling with that actually um recently where you know so I was like okay so I had quit my I left my uh you know so-called nine-to-five job <laughs> um last summer and I'm working from home now and I started to really miss the structure of you know having somewhere to be at a certain time and you know, just those old structures that we're used to. And then I realized, oh, I can create a different structure. I can create the structure that, you know, works for me, um, which is some freedom. Um, but that was a really hard um, transition. So, yeah.
And, well, it's and going from trusting the system that other people have put in place for you to trusting yourself. So that's like that empowerment thing again of like, how, what does it mean to feel like, oh, wow, this is what empowerment feels like. Oh, it's kind of scary because it's really different. Oh, that's such a good way to put that. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. Yeah. And trusting yourself because, you know, we don't really do that. That's kind of gets stripped away with our social programming um, right. in very, you know, different subtle ways. I've, I've talked a little bit about, you know, on here before and we'll continue to do that. Um, but we end up really not trusting ourselves. Um, you know, a lot of it's that you're okay. You don't need to feel that, you know? Um, and so it's kind of like, okay. So we end up uh, subconsciously trusting what other people tell us, not what, not what we tell ourselves. And I think it's interesting too, how you said, you know, you had to kind of figure out what worked for you and your family that might be different than your neighbor or somebody else. And I think that's interesting too, this year um, with the pandemic, because I think that's kind of what we are sh kind of have shifted to yeah. um, from all of these structures. And we all do it kind of the same, you know, our education system, everybody went to school. It was, you know, kind of the same to now we're all doing it individually. You know, maybe it's face-to-face, -face, maybe it's homeschool, maybe it's, you know, the online school system. Um, and I think that's been hard too. And, and that goes into trusting ourselves too. Trusting uh, oh my God, that's been like the hardest. It's been like, okay, so I, I work on empowerment and self-trust and I have been shocked at how much the decision to pull my kids out of a really kind of, I don't know if it's an elite program, but we were in like a dual language public school, something that like we, we put a lot of value in like uh, multicultural teaching and learning um, to pull them out of that program. And my kids are kindergarten and second grade. So still relatively young in the elementary system. Um, to pull them out of that system and then bring them home with us and then constantly be like, oh God, we can't get back in. And are, do we make the right choice? And now all our friends are over there and we can't get them to, you know, do play dates and just the constant um, dialogue in my head. And also with my husband, of course, because it's not just, I'm not alone here. Like we have, I have a spouse who I'm working through all of this with of um, just constant self-doubt and um, it, it takes a con me working on it every day to bring myself back to center and remind myself like, okay, what are the reasons you did this? You did this because you wanted to feel empowered in your schedule. I wanted to feel like I could take care of my kids' social and emotional needs above the academic needs. Cause this year that's just mm -hmm. where, what they need. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't. <laughs> Uh, couldn't see that happening um, through the system that they were offering at the time. And so I had to, but I have to constantly remind myself. And now we're on a little break and we're starting back in January. And so now I'm back to like rethinking, okay, how can I make this work? Because I am still working. I am, I have a coaching business, you know, I have a lot of things on my mm -hmm. plate. So, um, and then I've been fulfilling the role as a homeschool 
mama. Wow. Uh, wow. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. I'm not working full time. I'm working only like 15 hours a week. And oh, is that uh, all? that's it. You know, <laughs> just a few things here and there. Yeah. Um, luckily I have the energetic time management approach that, you know, works wonders, but, yeah. um, yeah, it, I, I really did not trust. I mean, I just constantly oscillated back and forth between trusting myself and knowing definitively this is the right decision to like being deep in like the loathing, self-loathing questioning, like, oh my God. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, the, that's what I love about your work. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's the work that I do too, but, um, you know, I always tell people you got to do the inner work and I yeah. loved on your, um, I read this on your podcast, um, the, the description your podcast and it said social change begins with the inner work and I love that um and you know I love how you help people align with their soul's purpose so tell us a little bit more about about what you do yeah or about Uh. So, yeah, I think that is definitely my, my motivating factor, this idea that personal wellness and social wellness are really two sides of the same coin. And we can't, I work in the environmental field. So I work on endangered species recovery in my, you know, quote unquote day job um, and work with a native American tribe here in Western Washington. And through that work, uh, you're, you're always feeling like you're swimming upstream. That's a pun because I'm working on salmon recovery, which always are swimming upstream. But anyway, you feel like you're swimming, swimming upstream against the pressures of society. So we're working to protect lands and restore it, whereas society kind of wants to develop it and put in another parking lot and, you know, make it easier for people mm-hmm. to move around on roads mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, And what I began to really notice in that work is how much the pollution that we see in the world is really this reflection of our own inner pollution. Mm -hmm. And that came a lot from my own experiences with managing my own depression and watching when I'm feeling depressed, what am I putting out in the world? How am I showing up at work to solve these really complex and challenging problems? Well, I wasn't showing up with an open heart to really hear what the other people had to say. I was showing up to prove my point and try to get them to change. And when I began to do that inner work, and um, I work a lot with um, inquiry-based mindfulness, like Byron Katie, a lot of work on self-compassion, a lot of um, work on um, kind of the woo-woo side, which is like Reiki and various energetic modalities. But when I really started to show up with that heart, more heart centered space, and I was more clear about who I was and, and what I um, was here to do, I was able to show up with an open heart. Um, And I saw like opportunities opening that were very collaborative and co-created and it's still very challenging, but I have been able to see things manifest in ways that they just weren't able to when I was really stuck in that dark cloud of a um, person that I had been. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. really uh, my motivator. And, you know, I think I, I obviously have a filter of 
um, environment, but for me, that's very much a social, social justice issue working for a tribe. Um, but I really feel like this is also a part of um, understanding racism and systemic racism in our um, society and having to first deal with your own inner um, challenges before you can truly understand and address and show up with a full and open heart. And it's, it's not linear <laughs> for right. all of us. This is a very winding path and it's mm -hmm. very easy to get lost on, on your path. And so part of the reason why I call myself a, a soul wilderness guide, drawing from my, I used to be a wilderness guide in Alaska. Um, I was, I was going to bring that up and say, you know, you were a guide out in the wilderness. Yes, I was. Right, externally. <laughs> yeah. And now you're doing the internal wilderness guide. I just yes. love that. <laughs> well, and, and maybe someday I, I will be able to bring the two together and uh, lead yeah. wilderness trips that are um, soul-based wilderness trips, but um, we'll see what happens with the pandemic. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I, I think that I have a variety of different tools that I, I like to help people uncover. And one of the things that I'm offering right now, if, if it's okay for me to Yes, share. yes, yes. How can okay, people, good. yeah. How can yeah. people find you? What are you got to offer? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the things in the tools that I have found most transformative, transformative in my life and something I actually do a lot with my kids, it's a really fantastic um, things to bring into our, our day to day with my kids is a gratitude practice. And I have um, right now a free 14 day email gratitude process where uh, people receive an email each day. And then um, within that email is a different way that you can practice gratitude. And for me, like, for years I had been hearing, oh, you need to practice gratitude. You need to practice gratitude. I'm like, well, what the heck does that mean? Like, fine, right. I'm grateful. Write, write down some <laughs> things that you can be thankful for. <laughs> yeah, but um, what I like about this 14 day challenge is that one, you really learn how to sink into gratitude and it really gives you some different perspectives and ways um, to practice and, and feel into what it means to truly be grateful. And, um, and it's all laid out there for you. Um, and then doing something consistently, consistently for two weeks does help with reprogramming your mind. So even after two weeks of a consistent um, practice, people start to feel the shift. And when you mm -hmm. start to feel that shift, I find it's easier to keep the momentum and keep going. It's yeah. really 21 days is the habit forming, but I found 14 days to be a nice sweet spot. Yeah. And I have taken that uh, gratitude practice with you, Morgan, twice. Yes. <laughs> and what I really like about it is you do write down things that you're grateful for, but you also write down why you're grateful for those. And I had never done that before. So it really made me think about that a little bit more and internalize that more. And then the other thing that really was impactful for me, and I still use to this day, is the um, practice of when you have a difficult situation or when you're dealing with somebody that's challenging you, what are some things you can be grateful for in that situation? Which right. I'm like, okay, right. <laughs> but when I did 
start to really think about it and come up with things, it really shifted the way I saw that person or that situation. So I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. I love that practice too. And I love it when you're like sending me a coaching boxer or message and you're like, well, Morgan, (laughs) you taught me this. (laughs) thought about this that's right that's right we have to no I don't want to right right (laughs) oh yeah yeah it's hard to forget that when you're in the middle of your own heat of the moment or situation your own story and I I often am like I don't want to I just want to see it my way for a little you know so it's always a great way to have that reminder like all right. Okay. Yeah. So that's a, a 14 day um, email uh, and you can sign up for that on my website, morganrock.com and click on the gratitude challenge tab. And it's right there for you. And then, you know, obviously if folks are feeling like they need more personal one-on-one accountability and assistance, uh, that is something that I'm available for typically work in three month increments and we get real laser focused on what area of your life you want to change. And then we start to work on just bringing in more joy, bringing in more hope and more ease through a variety of different tools. And so if that sounds of interest, people are welcome to contact me and we'll, we'll chat and see if we're a good fit. Yeah. And what better time than now to work on these things, right? Absolutely. Um, I mean, we, yeah, I think 2020 has been a year where so many of us have really woken up to what really matters. Mm-hmm. And then the, you know, the question now is moving forward. Okay, how do we continue to lean into sometimes the discomfort of really declaring the things that matter to us? Right, and- right. Because I don't think necessarily, you know, things aren't going to go back to the old, how they were. I mean, no. some of it will, but I think, you know, some things will definitely change. I mean, we have been woken up to different ways of doing things, different ways of working, different ways of communicating, different ways of educating, um, just just different ways of being. So I think, you know, that's, you know, change is is good. Um, And a lot of times we've got to go through some pain to get to get to the change and maybe 2020 was the pain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there'll probably be some more, um, oh, yes. flare-ups, uh, <laughs> as we I go, like flare-ups, I like <laughs> <laughs> but I think the more, um, that we can get kind of a mass group of us starting to really lean into like, okay, how, what is the vision of the world that we want to have for our future, for our kids, for our grandkids, and, you know, how do I start that with myself? And and not in an overwhelming way. I think, you know, New Year's, I'm not sure when you're going to post this, but New Year's resolutions can kind of feel like, okay, I'm going to write down a goal and I'm going to wake up a new person right, and right. all that's, but to be more like intentional about just, okay, I've been facing one direction for a long time. What does it mean to pivot and change my perspective and maybe shift it a little bit and start moving in another direction? Mm-hmm. Um, Intentional. Yeah. That's one of my words for 20. Yeah. It's such a good one. Yeah. Intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Morgan, for being here. This was a great conversation. I could just keep talking to you. I know. <laughs> Enjoyed it. And if folks are interested, I forgot to say, if folks are interested, I'm 
mostly on Instagram these days. You can follow me at Morgan Roth Uplift. I do have a Facebook group that I'm, you know, sometimes really active and sometimes less mm -hmm. consistent, but yeah. Um, yeah. Uplift for the Wild Soul. And um, yeah, I just hope that if there's any parents out there who are listening, who are feeling like they can't see uh, the forest through the trees, or is that the right saying? The trees through the forest. Anyway, if they can't see their path forward, um, just like to know that they're not alone. Like people mm -hmm. who yeah. may look on the outside like me, like, oh yeah, I've got it all together. I've figured it out. Um, you know, it. there are challenges that we are working on too. And uh, to get help and work with Diane because she's magic. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. And you know, that's one of my missions really is to bring this conversation more out in the open and know that, you know, we, parenting is not perfect and everybody, everybody is going through stuff as parents. Um, and just to open up that conversation and talk about that, you know, even, you know, and we were talking about the pandemic, you know, it was very difficult to be with children all day long. And it's not that we don't, and I think there's a lot of guilt about that, mm -hmm. um, but it's not that we don't, it's not about who our children are that we, we don't like to be around them that long. Um, but I think it's, we don't like the way it feels inside of us because they bring out a lot of emotion that we have worked hard to avoid and stuff down and get rid of. <laughs> um, so yeah, so anyway. All right, well, thank you for being here, Morgan. And um, we will uh, talk soon. <laughs> thank you, Diane. All right, goodbye everybody. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Beauty and Behavior Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'm so very grateful for all of you who are showing up here with me because I believe subtle shifts create big impact. How we show up in our life, in our relationships, or our parenting impact our life, our children's lives, and the world. If you're ready to brave the wilderness of your beautiful soul, live life from the inside out, and create the life you want to live, head over to my website at diansorensen.net and get on my calendar to see if the Beauty and Behavior family is the right fit for you. I got you, and we'll talk again soon.